Hi, this is Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and you are listening to episode 32 of The Savvy Psychologist. I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. We'll use the best of psychology to help you be happy, healthy, and most importantly, yourself. Gratitude has roared onto the positive psychology scene. And while it's intuitive that feeling thankful and appreciative improves our outlook, and indeed our lives, why is it so good for us? What does it do? This week, here are five benefits of gratitude and four tips to celebrate your own small tea Thanksgiving. Benefit number one, gratitude bonds us to other people. Gratitude is a social emotion. As we navigate through a social world, social emotions give us feedback about our interactions with others. But unlike embarrassment, shame, or contempt, gratitude is a positive social emotion that helps bond us to others. When we feel thankful and appreciative of others, we feel closer to them. And Psych 101, plus about a zillion studies, will tell you that strong social connections make us happier and healthier. Dr. Martin Seligman, founder of the positive psychology movement, along with some colleagues, carried out what was quite possibly the world's happiest study in 2005. In it, they asked participants to try five different happiness exercises. Most exercises were focused on the self. For example, the participant listed positive traits or good things in his or her life. But in an exercise called the gratitude visit, Participants were asked to write and hand-deliver a letter of gratitude to someone in their life who had been especially kind to them, but never properly thanked. As a result, participants' happiness scores rocketed up and depression scores plunged, more so than for any other exercise. Plus, the gains lasted for a full month, possibly due to the social bonding inherent in the gesture. Benefit number two. Gratitude is the opposite of depressive rumination. Gratitude is not deluding yourself into thinking the past was better than it was. Instead, it's deliberately choosing to focus on and feel thankful for the good in life. By contrast, rumination comes from seeing the world through gray-colored glasses, playing those old tapes of bad luck, criticism, or lousy decisions over and over again. So how does the color of our glasses affect us? In 2003, researchers carried out a study they called Counting Blessings versus Burdens. It was minimal. Participants wrote down just a few phrases a week. But here's the difference. One group wrote about things they were grateful for, with resulting entries like the generosity of friends or the Rolling Stones. Another group wrote about disappointments and irritations, like a messy kitchen no one will clean or stupid people driving. And a third group wrote about neutral events, like I flew back to Sacramento, or I cleaned out my shoe closet. After 10 weeks, individuals in the gratitude group were more satisfied with life and more optimistic. No surprise there. But they also had fewer symptoms of physical illness, and they exercised more. So not only did participants from the gratitude group feel better emotionally, they felt better physically, and they took steps to keep that virtuous cycle going. Gratitude may even be the antidote for the ultimate in gray-colored glasses, hopelessness. 
Hopelessness is a huge risk factor for suicide, even stronger than depression. And a 2013 study asked individuals who had been hospitalized following a suicide attempt or serious suicidal thoughts to try a variety of nine different positive psychology exercises. And even in suicidal inpatients, gratitude exercises worked best not only to increase optimism, but to reduce that big H, hopelessness. Benefit number three. Gratitude is a feel-good, non-manipulative motivator. Way better than cheesy team competitions or trust falls, simple heartfelt gratitude is a great workplace motivator. Bosses who express their appreciation to their employees discover their workers feel more motivated and they get better results. And bosses beware, declaring, be thankful you have a job, doesn't count. For example, in a 2010 study at the University of Pennsylvania, alumni fundraisers were divided into two groups. One group made calls as usual, but the other listened to a speech from the development director, who thanked the group and told them she was grateful for their work. The group that was thanked made 50% more fundraising calls than the group that was not. Benefit number four, gratitude increases our sense of self-worth. When we feel grateful, it's often toward a person who has done something nice for us. Doing something nice often means a little bit of self-sacrifice. Someone has spent money, time, or energy to be thoughtful to us. Therefore, when we feel grateful toward a friend, it's a signal that she's gone out of her way for us, and by extension, that we are worth going out of one's way for. And gratitude occurs when you understand you matter to someone else, perhaps more than you ever realized. Benefit number five, gratitude connects us to something bigger. When we acknowledge the good in life, we realize it often arises from something outside ourselves. Good is bestowed upon us, perhaps by a higher power, our fellow humans, nature, or another source of wonder or beauty. Regardless, feeling grateful connects us to that which is larger than ourselves. So how to embrace all that gratitude has to offer? So I know gratitude journals are trendy these days, which automatically makes me skeptical, but unlike spirit hoods or short shorts for men, this might be a trend worth jumping on. Simply writing down what you're thankful for is painless, and it doesn't have to be a ritual, including herbal tea or a hand-bound artisanal journal. Whether you use the back of an envelope or the note section of your smartphone, try out the following four tips for a gratitude journal done your way. Tip number one. Counterintuitively, don't count your blessings every day. Once or twice a week, it turns out, is more effective than daily lists. Why? When we consciously count our blessings, we start to see them everywhere. They're at the tip of our mind, as it were. However, this new ubiquity also leads us to get used to them. We start taking our blessings for granted. So in other words, part of the reason Girl Scout cookies are so good is because they only come around once a year. Scarcity elevates gratitude as well. Tip number two, focus on people and experiences, not things. Amassing possessions actually seems to discourage gratitude, in part because it's easy to take stuff for granted. So instead, focus on experiences, especially those that connect you with other people. Tip number three, think about what life would be without. In addition to being thankful for what you have, try to go deeper and reflect on what your life would be like without those things. Have you ever returned from camping with a newfound appreciation for indoor plumbing? Exactly. Tip number four, short but deep. 
Like a Christmas list, you'll get more satisfaction out of a gratitude journal if you detail a few beloved experiences rather than catalog a laundry list of tchotchkes. Now, to wrap up, is there a downside to gratitude? Not really. Gratitude only backfires if it's used to get ahead. For example, resist feigning gratitude as a way to project an image. And don't use gratitude as a self-improvement project to beat the competition. Gratitude as personal contemplation works. Gratitude as public performance doesn't. So be authentically grateful for the good in your life, and then write it down. You'll find yourself with a smile on your face. And that is something to be grateful for. That's all for this week. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson. Next week, you get a double dose of The Savvy Psychologist. First, on The Savvy Psychologist channel, we'll kick off the new school year by talking about grit. Then, I'll be a guest on Grammar Girl's always awesome show, where we'll discover what actually happens in your brain when you write fiction. So check out both shows next Friday. If The Savvy Psychologist is useful to you, let me know by subscribing to the podcast, liking on Facebook, adding me to your Google Plus circles, or emailing a link to someone important in your life. A transcript of the podcast and references for the studies I mention are always available on quickanddirtytips.com slash savvy hyphen psychologist. And of course, the Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for psychiatric care or psychotherapy by a licensed professional. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you twice next week for a happier, healthier mind. Are you tired of the constant battle with anxiety and panic? I've got a podcast that I think you'll love. It's called The Anxiety Coaches Podcast, where the host, Gina, gives you your weekly dose of tranquility and inspiration. Two new episodes drop weekly, packed with practical tips and lifestyle changes to help you calm that racing heart and bring peace back into your life. So if you're ready to bid farewell to sleepless nights and constant worry, tune into the Anxiety Coaches podcast and embark on a journey towards lasting calmness and a life free from anxiety's grip. Remember, it's not just a podcast, it's a lifeline. Join Gina on the Anxiety Coaches podcast and let her soothing words be the balm your nervous system needs. Listen in and start your path to healing today. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast.com because healing begins the first time you listen.